We're here with Father Scott Courtney from the Diocese of Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, Father Scott was on the show about a year and a half ago with the uh, Daughters of the Beatitudes. And uh, you were passing through. I wanted to grab you for another interview. Now, since that time, you've left the school you're at. You're at a parish now, and you've started another group. Correct. Uh, Started um, the Brothers of the Beatitudes, Mm -hmm. so the male side of this great mission of uh, really my priesthood of teaching the Beatitudes, so trying to teach them and then implement them, as uh, James says, right? Be doers of the word, James one twenty. Is that James one twenty two? You tell me. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but you really feel a, a call to do this? You said the mission of your priesthood. Yeah, the mission of my priesthood is to teach the Beatitudes of Matthew five three to twelve, which. I think if you ask the basic Christian, not just mm-hmm. Catholic, you ask the basic Christian, give me the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So if you were talking to someone on the street and they met you or you worked with them and they knew nothing about Christianity, but they see something in you that's different and you, mm-hmm. and they say, well, tell us the teachings of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, to do it very quickly and to do it, you know, very, you know, because a lot of people don't like, you got to give them something quick. Mm-hmm. I think you teach the Beatitudes to them, but I don't think people know them. Tell us about the the beatitude, the meek shall inherit the earth. That's always been a mystifying one to me. Really, um, I read in a book one time. I don't remember the book, but it, it really just said um, this sense of being comfortable in who you are, being you know a sense of peace and really fulfilling God's will. So being meek is not being moody, mm-hmm. not being you know one day you're moody, the next day you're, but just that sense of meekness, that sense. And Jesus says. Two of the Beatitudes in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, right? He says uh, that, learn from me, for I am meek and humble. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people think meek means weak. Mm-hmm. No, it really means really being comfortable, I think, in, in the book that I read, uh, being comfortable in who you are, that you're a child of God, mm-hmm. that you have this mission and this, this call from Christ to build the kingdom. And really the first words from our Lord, right, is repent, Mark one fifteen, mm-hmm. Right, Mark. Hey, there right. you go, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, that is uh, one thing I, I enjoy about your company, Father, that you, you're very comfortable in your priesthood. You, know, you love the priesthood, and you seem like you understand well, and you're, you have this great acceptance. I mean, maybe we could describe meekness, too, as docility, right? kind of following the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord's given you a vocation as a priest. What are some of the things you most enjoy about, about being a priest? Well, the first and foremost one, Father Mark, is um, the Mass. I mean, just to be able to say the words of uh, our Lord from the Last Supper and uh, bring him to the altar and then give him who is love. And there's people that when they come to Mass, they're fearful. And I love what John says in 1 John four eighteen. right? Love casts out fear. And so when they receive love at Holy Communion, uh, there's this fear that goes away and they become meek and they become docile and they become, okay, this is my mission. And they forget about their past, right? And they uh, so I would say the mass, the first and foremost, um, and then the love of this woman behind us, who, uh, which what I love about your community, you all have the name Mary uh, in your name, and so just uh, the mass and Our Lady, I think just teaching, just being a. a, a I love to teach. I mean, I wasn't the most academic person, <laughs> uh, but I think I think the Lord gives us all different gifts, and I think one of the gifts He's given me, and I learned that from my parents. I learned that you know, if you're going to do something, do it with passion. Do it with. My dad told me that before I was ordained. He said, he said, don't be a don't be a um, a lukewarm priest. Don't be a priest who. Uh, he goes, get out there, get out there and go. 
And so I learned that from my parents, Mary uh, Lou and Dale Courtney. My dad's in heaven now, but my mom's still here living the Beatitudes. I saw that in them. And so just the – I'd say the mass, uh, the rosary, and just also then just being with people. I just got off the phone with a guy who's um, struggling financially. You know, don't know him. Um, but he called called the the rectory phone number and I had my cell phone number and said, you know, I'm not a member of your parish, but uh, I had helped a friend of his with a little. And I think when I get those phone calls, I think they're from Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna. Uh, he's gave me a litany of things, and I just said, you know what, I'm not. I don't need to know. You tell me what you need, mm-hmm. and I can I can help you there. Mm-hmm. But so I think really just helping people. Really trying to give of ourselves, trying to live another Mark, Mark ten forty five, for the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, to yeah. give his life. And right. we fail times, we get back up, yeah. try again, hope. Yeah. Right. What about the preaching part? You like uh, being up there in the pulpit? Are you a lion in the pulpit? Um, I don't know if I'm a lion. Uh, <laughs> uh, this one, this one of those high school girls goes, "You're different." So, uh, uh, in a good sense, <laughs> Father, um, I think uh, I love to preach. I do. Um, as one of my uh, parishioners calls me windy sometimes <laughs> – <laughs> or sometimes I might not be windy. I'll yeah. give them a little break and they're like – and he goes, hey, you weren't windy. Yeah. And so uh, I do love to preach. Um, what am I- and you have a love for the scriptures. Right? You, you have so many memorized. And I do. I, you try to stay close to the scriptures when you preach? I do. I do. I try to I, – I hold a Bible in my hand. Um, that's just something that um, I have felt called to do um, just to show people that – I mean, certainly the lectionary has the scripture in it, but a lot of Catholics aren't comfortable with the Bible. I think if they see, for me, holding the Bible, my parishioners, maybe they'll pick it up. Maybe, they'll, you know, they'll see it. They'll see that visual image. But, yeah, I love – I started to teach high school theology in scripture freshman year. Uh, that's what we teach in the Diocese of Lincoln is scripture. And I didn't – you know, I, I had a love for it, but then when I started teaching it and then Hebrews 4.12, the, the word of God is living and effective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so it's living. So I'm like, okay, and this is God's word, and it's the truth, and this will help people. And I get it. I get it back. People telling me, Father, you said this verse, and I try to do it in a corny way so that they remember it. You know, and the high school kids. So yeah, I love scripture. It's really my hobby. I mean, per se, uh, in the sense of the faith, I try to memorize many scripture verses. It's kind of like if you're talking to somebody. For me, I love sports. So if you're talking to somebody about a I love the Huskers. Shout out to the to the Big Red in Nebraska. But if you're going to tell them about the history of Husker football, and you can say quotes, and you can say um, games, and you can say the, the what the score was, and who played, and what people are like, wow. Well, if that guy likes that, well, what's far greater than that than Scripture, than than the Word of God, than our Catholic faith? And it's powerful. There's something. Uh, I mean, it's the truth. Uh, but it's so powerful when you read it. It really is. When you read those letters of Paul where he says, you know, I'm spent in 2 Timothy, you know, this last letter written in 67 AD. When you hear that and you hear Paul just saying, hey, I, I, I run the race. I wait this crown. I can't wait to get the crown. James talks about that too. James talks about this crown that we're going to get in someday. So, Do you uh, you have like times of study where you, you put in memorizing scripture? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, really, one summer, and I, I need to come back to it, but one summer I didn't have cable television in the rectory. We're moving to a different rectory, and so the pastor said, we're not having cable. Well, I, lo- I love baseball. And so I was like, huh? 
And uh, so that summer, I didn't watch any television. And at night when I got back, I would I read the New Testament, and then I just saw all these scripture verses, and I was like, wow, that one will help someone who's maybe a wife, and she just feels like, you know what, no one no one's, um, appreciates me. No one appreciates me. Well, when Jesus says, you didn't, call, you didn't come to be served, but to serve, to give your life, and you can tell them, look it up, Mark 10, 45. And they see that, and they're like, wow, okay. And if you give them a point yeah. to, to really say, I want you for the next week to meditate. And that's what I usually give to married women who don't feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, their, par- their, their husband is busy, and he doesn't say, hey, great job. Thanks for getting this ready or, yeah. or their kids. But I can say, hey, Mark 1045. Or a kid at a uh, grocery store mm-hmm. when his boss doesn't, doesn't you know, affirm him. But here, here's the verse, Mark 10:45. What about with young people? You've started a number of groups now with young people. What do you find works, gets traction with them, makes them come alive? I think you need to be engaging. I think you need to use the modern means of communication, you know, the great Franciscans, Maximilian Colby and um, Mother Angelica and, you know, all these great Franciscans and poor Claires who, who use these media. I mean, that's your, that's your mission in, in the Franciscan missionaries. Using modern means to preach the gospel and to do it with Christian music. I love Christian music. I use that um, uh, to engage them. You have to engage their senses because they're getting it from the internet. They're getting it from Facebook. They're getting. I mean, they're they're constantly learning something or or knowledge or a text or an, or a Facebook message or a Twitter account or whatever. And I think that you have to use that for the faith. And that's what my youth groups are about. That's what we do. We have a mission. We have a point. Like this year, we're going to learn theology of the body. I have them all have scripture, verse, scripture, um, the Bible with them. They have a highlighter. They have a pen. They highlight that verse. They maybe make a point to it. I want them to share the gospel in five minutes, Father. I want to. I want them to share the gospel. So if they're at work and they they're living the faith, mm-hmm. it should be what it should attract them. Mm-hmm. That person should be attracted to a Cody or a Sarah or a Garrett. Like okay. Why are you so? Why aren't you using foul language? Why aren't you, you know? Why are you different? And this is the reason. So, what would be a format of like your your prayer group? You get some young people together. What do you do um, with the with the brother with the youth group? There's really two groups: the youth group and then the 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 brothers of the Beatitudes. Now the daughters of the Beatitudes, and you know the different groups. And uh, um, so so the the um, the format really is we open with the word. And so we have scriptures. Guys, why don't you look this up? Mm-hmm. And so we look this up and we really have we really have three books that we use. Scripture, we use the UCAT, the youth catechism that is just mm-hmm. phenomenal, I think is excellent. I've used that in two youth groups this summer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I have a great devotion to St. Jose Maria Escriva, The Way, the Fur, and the Ford. So it's a three-volume set in one, one, one book. So we use those three. So we open with scripture. And then we talk about it, and we have it in our hands, and we just discuss it. And then um, uh, in the Brothers of the Beatitudes, then we have a topic of one of the sections of the Way of the Pharaoh and the Forge. So it could be humility. That was our first one. And so we looked at the Scripture verses about humility. Well, first Matthew 5, 3, 
poor in spirit, as our Lord talks about. Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And then in Luke 22, the agony in the garden. And then, but before that, John 13, where he washes the feet of his apostles. We, and then we meditate on that. And then John 15, the I am the vine, you are the branches. Do you have a, a time of meditation in the meeting, like where you pray, like you read it? We should about? do that a little better, so that's a great point. Yeah. Um, I, I need to do that. I, I see that. Um, I, I want them to first be engaged, and so they know where these things are. That takes a little bit of time. And that, if you start with that, it, to me, it'll scare them. Yeah. If you use the word contemplation, yeah. right. I think you're, you're right, and I'll take that. Um, I do need to sh- teach them that a little bit more. But the Lexio Divina, mm-hmm. I've introduced that a little bit. It's just a challenge because um, those words are so scary for them. They need that. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm just trying to plant that seed of get your Bible out and use it every day. And before uh, before you went to seminary, or where did you get the love for the scriptures? Did that happen at seminary? Or? Uh, yeah, Sister Joan, Sister Joan, who taught both of us. Uh, she's tough. <laughs> <laughs> God rest her soul. She's yeah. now in her eternal reward. Yeah. Uh, but she was in your face, yeah. and she said, "You have to be able to preach. Right. You have to be able to be engaging." And you know, I remember one time I went into her office, and I think this might have been after I. I was ordained even. I, I asked her about a good commentary. You know, I was out there trying to preach, and I said, yeah. And she's got commentaries in her office. She had commentaries in her office. And she's told me, in so many words, very directly, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she said, you have to read the scriptures themselves. You know, she was trying to tell me, just don't jump to the commentary. Study the scripture themselves and get familiar with that. Yeah, I think being familiar, I think you should memorize a lot of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I think you should be so much into it that you can know where our Lord says this and and look at it and say, okay. And every saint, it seems like, has a scripture verse that has moved them. You know, Blessed Mother Teresa, Matthew 25, 40. When you did it to the least ones, you did it for me. I mean, that was the verse that moved her. How about you? Which one uh, really touches you? Uh, John 10. John 10, John 10, John 10, 10, 10. That's the way I teach it. And I'll tell you, uh, on my Facebook uh, today, I was I was preaching here. And John 10, John 10, 10, 10, 10. And one of my former students wrote on my Facebook wall, John 10, John 10, John 10, 10, 10. <laughs> and, and I taught her three years ago. And so – and it says there, the thief, so he describes first his adversary – to this, to this abundant life, which he will say later in the verse. But he says, the thief comes. And the whole, that whole John 10 is that good shepherd where he talks about the thief and he talks about the one. And then he says, and he says the thief comes to steal. So he wants to, he wants to rob us of something, steal. But he doesn't stop there. Slaughter. And then ultimately the devil wants to destroy our faith. Then he says, but I came that they may have life. But he doesn't stop there. I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And so that live greater, that live greater, that you just don't live. The Holy Father has a great section on that John seventeen three about this is eternal life, that you may know the one true God and the one whom you, he has sent, Jesus Christ. The, the Holy Father's uh, book, um, Holy Week. Uh, Jesus of Nazareth. He has a whole section about what life is. And when we hear eternal life, we think, or life, we think of heaven 
for, and the, he says the modern reader sees it as that. He goes, but no, there's this life now, this life that we should be living. And I, li- I saw that from my parents. I saw that from my home pastor. I saw that from my sixth grade teacher. I saw that from, and these are all lay people, except the pastor, of course, my uh, Bishop Maloney, who later became the bishop in Montana. Um, but I mean, these lay people who have touched me, my 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 teachers, um, and then a religious brother, a Marianist brother, who was uh, f- uh, brother Joe Barrett, who lived the abundant life. You know, he loved anything he did. You know, he loved Notre Dame football. Um, but it's all good. No. <laughs> what about as a priest? Um, you were talking about one thing about handing on the scriptures, how the scriptures can bless people. Uh, what, how do you see the priesthood as being effective in helping people? Uh, I think you have you have a charisma, a natural charisma about you, but also, um, you know, I saw you yesterday. I think I bumped into you at the shrine, and uh, you know, I immediately thought, you know, there's a priest, there's a priest, and that brings us a certain joy and peace. Uh, have you experienced that in your ministry? Um, yeah, I think many times. I think uh, if I travel. And uh, I always wear the collar, and uh, uh, people see that. They see that. And uh, even with some of the struggles of our brothers in the past years, uh, that symbol is still a powerful symbol, whether it's, uh, you know, a former student of mine is a, a CFR, Cavishan Friar of the Renewal up um, in uh, Brooklyn. And uh, he, we went to a restaurant in May together for a little breakfast. And, and I mean, just seeing them, they're like, hello. Although they didn't know what to call us, but uh, but just that sense of that yes, that there is goodness, there is truth in this thing, right. in this power of, and it is powerful. Yeah. I mean, in being a witness and, and being an evangelizer. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I have seen the the power of the priesthood in just natural ways. How about confession? Uh, I know that's a big part of your ministry too, being a parish priest. Uh, how do you approach confession as one as a priest? You know the challenge at times is in the in the parish setting is people have to trust you. They have to. There's still a sense of trusting. Being, I need to trust Father Courtney, and so yeah, I think you have to be at a parish a while for them to trust you and for them to, you know, open up and and uh, and and being that lion in the, in the ambo in the pulpit, being that lion there, but then in the confessional being such a lamb. You know, and really being a sense of, so I'm trying to evangelize the young people with this right now, and I think they're going to bring the older people to it. Mm-hmm. I said that dinner the last mm-hmm. night. You know, getting these high school kids to come con- confession frequently, mm-hmm. and the brothers of the Beatitudes, they, through the intercession of Saint Jose Maria Escriva, they go weekly. You know, they go weekly, and I think then if you preach the gospel that way, then I think it's going to bring them mm-hmm. without even saying anything. Yeah, I mean, just witness, right? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite stories of Francis, right? Well, I think it was Brother Leo. They went out. Let's go preach the gospel. And they came back, and he's like, we didn't preach the gospel. Let's go preach it. He goes, yeah, we did. And so it's just just that that naturalness. St. Maria calls it naturalness. Just this being what God has asked us to be. I mean, we have goodness within us. And so trying to bring and letting people know that and that their wounds can be healed in that sacrament. I mean, divine mercy. Yeah. Really try, and so many people need it. And so hopefully I'm not a block to that, mm-hmm. um, but a sense of, okay, I'm in the confessional, and I, I really, 
to be honest, I mean, I give I give spiritual um, spiritual direction in there. Saint Alphonsus Liguori said to give spiritual direction in there, but it's also just to tell them that the power of the sacrament, the power of the words of absolution, heals them and gives them so much strength. And that that encounter of divine mercy, that encounter of Calvary, mm-hmm. is there is so powerful. So yeah, I think big part is trying to, but that is a that's a it's a tough issue on the on the, in the parish life. Definitely. How about uh, with family life? Uh, I know we've seen so many challenges to that uh, today. How do you? I know I, you tell. I've heard you tell a lot of stories these past few days about uh, doing unusual things with your parishioners. You know, just to try to to be with them, to encourage them. What is your approach to to families today? I just say I'm coming over, and I <laughs> and I usually come over at dinner time because I don't cook. So uh, <laughs> it's like, how am I going to eat today? Uh, so I do. I go over the times that they're eating, and just to be with them. And I have a love for uh, when I get back um, on the four on the fourteenth of August. I'm going to uh, uh, to a family's house, and I'm bringing my dodgeballs, and we're going to have a big dodgeball tournament. You know, so and I I have twelve dodgeballs, Father. And I name them all the apostles' names. And so they are going to get hit by Matthew. They're going to get hit. No, not Mark. Not Mark. I was going to say they're going to get hit by Mark, but no. But they I kind of see Paul as hitting people. You got one named Paul? I do have one named Paul. <laughs> and uh, and I, I then quote the verse, uh, Philippians 2.14, do everything without grumbling or questioning. So when the ball hits them, they can't grumble because then I just say, Philippians 2.14, and when they hit me, and they can hit me on the, their nice cushioned dodgeballs, I say, you hit me wherever you want. But guess what? You will – I'm a very competitive in this game, and it's such a – it's a great way to evangelize, and then we say a deck of the rosary. You know, we, hey, guys, you got your rosary, and they got to have their rosary. They got to have their rosary with them. So it's just a being with them, playing video games with them, uh, playing cards with them, but also – I try to say a decade of the rosary every time I'm with a family at the end. Um, so just trying to bring Christ in there. All right. Well, thanks so much hey, uh, for speaking with us. You bet. Okay. Talk to you later. Peace.